Thanks for listening to this podcast of Trending with Timory from the Relevant Radio app. Anything you share in terms of episodes, whether it's texting it to a friend, posting on social media, helps to build up the kingdom for God to help confront the challenging issues we face as a culture, but with joy, with hope, and with an eternal perspective where our faith collides with everyday life, bringing eternal principles to help us live our life joyfully. So, what's trending? Bridging your Catholic faith with your everyday life. You're listening to Trending with Timory on Relevant Radio. Welcome to our weekly happy hour today on Trending. This is one of my favorite shows uh, when we have Sister Tina Alfieri with us. If you don't know her, well, here's your day for advice from a hermit, also a therapist, and an addiction specialist. She especially specializes in sexual addiction um, and behavior recovery. So today on Trending, we're going to take your questions. If you have a question during Lent about growing in virtue, spiritual direction, uh, bad habits, maybe you're struggling with an addiction, all of those things, looking for keen insights into your spiritual life. Uh, Sister Tina Alfieri is the person you want to ask that question of. And she doesn't hold any punches back. She's blunt. She's clear. She really directs us in that proper path. So 1-888-914-9149 is that number if you want to give us a call or you can ask on social media your question. Just follow me at Timmery, T-I-M-M-E-R-I-E. And we are happy to pass that question on to Sister Tina Alfieri. We're going to be talking about living your vocation. It's our weekly happy hour. And I know something I've come to see as a mom uh, is that challenge that can occur and even as a wife in any stage in life, you know, being single, wherever you're at, you're a husband, um, you know, all of us have different seasons, but wherever we're at, we can get distracted from the vocation we are living. So maybe you are a single person and you are maybe becoming resentful about the amount of alone time you have. And you're starting to get depressed because you're alone rather than saying, you know what, here I am, I'm single, and this is time that God has given me to form and shape and grow right now. Or maybe you're married and you're a husband and you are, you know, feel like you're slaving away from your family. And at a certain point, you start to feel resent, resentful and unused, or almost used, uh, like you're not worth a lot. And so you kind of start to either check out from everyone or give yourself license to just be grouchy. Uh, you know, these things can happen to all of us. I was even thinking about this, like I was frustrated about some of the laundry that was on the floor in the house the other day. And I, you know, wanted to nag at the different members of my family, like, what about this? What about that? And I had to pull back and think, okay, my vocation is wife and mother, and part of that means that the domain of my home I have a responsibility for. And so that means there's some navigating of, you know, sometimes frustrating moments where maybe you're picking up something you don't want to pick up. Uh, maybe you're cleaning something you don't want to clean. There are so many moments where we can turn what should be an opportunity for loving sacrifice and virtue into a moment of dissatisfaction in our state in life, a resentment, or even checking out. So joining me to discuss how to stay focus on your vocation and remain virtuous is Sister Tina Alfieri. She's a certified sexual addiction therapist. She's a recovery coach for addictive disorders. She's a hermited nun, a spiritual director, packing no punches. Sister Tina, welcome to Trending Today. Thank you, Timory. It's so nice to have uh, the opportunity to speak with you and your audience today. 
I really want to address a distraction. I've been talking about it as you've been here with us, a distraction from our vocation and how to engage in almost a behavioral modification so that we can stay focused spiritually on what our responsibilities are so that we're not turning in in on ourselves. So that resentment, that dissatisfaction that we indulge in, or just checking out when the reality of our responsibility, we don't quite like in the day to day. Certainly. So I think it's very important to always remember that we are human beings with feelings. And we get tired, we get exasperated, we get angry, we get resentful, and we cannot deny our humanity. Uh, Christ, God gave us our feelings and our humanity. Christ experienced everything we experienced except for sin. So there's nothing wrong in how we are feeling. It's what we do with it. And this takes practice and effort. I think that really this kind of falls more under like a spiritual direction topic or a spiritual direction umbrella. What we have to do is with these anger uh, feelings and resentments or feeling exasperated or thinking that the grass is greener on the other side, it's okay to feel those things. We have to acknowledge that, but take it to prayer, make it part of your prayer time and ask God through the power of the Holy Spirit to help elevate these very natural human feelings to elevate it to supernatural reality. That's where we are then able to say, I'm going to offer this up as a sacrifice. I'm going to embrace this as part of what God wants me to do right now. If God wanted you somewhere else besides where you are now, you would be there. So where you are now is where God wants you to be. We can embrace that. We can pray for opportunities for change and growth. We are human. We have to deal with our humanity, but then we can also help to elevate it to a supernatural gift, a um, something that is above the secular world and the baseness of our human selves. And we can ask God to help us to elevate that so that it becomes supernatural through the grace of God to live this vocation or to deal with whatever problems or feelings we're having in a more supernatural way. Mm, I think that's very inspiring when you said, okay, here's our human nature. That's normal to be tired or even frustrated to have these emotions, whatever emotion it is. It could be resentment. It should be checking out. It could be anger, all of those things, mm -hmm. but it's what you do with it. But the, I think the clincher that you said is asking the Holy Spirit to elevate and inspire these moments to a supernatural gift. And this is where virtue enters in. Um, exactly. And I know um, Sister Tina, one of the things I've tried to do is when I have those moments of just wanting to be frustrated about where I'm at, this is my state in life, but instead of just taking responsibility and engaging in active love, you know, I kind of want to like tell other people to do things <laughs> or be angry. Uh, my thing that like, has been so inspiring is I've started to get into this habit of saying Jesus. And it's in those moments, like just Jesus. Jesus in these moments. And it's mm -hmm. fascinating because it's starting to change my behavior and the respect that instead of going to complain about it or saying something to someone, I'm just saying his name automatically. And then all of a sudden I kind of like flinch and go, oh, whoa, that was great. 
I didn't do what I was going to do before. Mm -hmm. And it was a moment where I'm stopping. I'm breaking that pattern at least some of the time, right? (laughs) Yes. And that's that, you know, you bring up a great point. This road, this Christian walk, this developing virtue, this is hard. This is difficult. This does not happen overnight. So this may be something that takes weeks, months, years uh, to develop in ourselves. But God asks us to work on being perfect, to work on being holy. That's our responsibility is to do the work. And then we leave the results up to God. So we are responsible for doing the footwork, but we do have to understand that this is not something that is quick nor easy. Um, We're dealing with a fallen human nature, which is very resistant to doing good. It's more apt to do wrong than to do good. And so we are really dealing with ourselves. And that's why I'm um, emphasizing that we have to take our needs to prayer. We have to ask the Holy Spirit to help us, to fill us with grace, to ask God to give us the graces necessary to help us to see that um, this is something that can be used for our good or the good of others, and that to be gentle with ourselves We do not earn any brownie points by being very harsh with ourselves. We want to make progress. We don't want to beat ourselves down or beat ourselves up. This is a trick of the evil one to lead us into despair because of our lack Mm. of progress. If we are doing just a little bit better today than yesterday, even by a millimeter better, we're on the road to perfection. We're on the road to holiness. Do not despair. That is a trick of the evil one to get us to give up and to say, I can't do this. It's not worth it. It's too hard. The reality is you can do this through the grace of God. It is hard, but we have God's help to get us there. We're not in this alone. I think that brings a good question because as you mentioned, a lot of people do start to despair. Well, this is just me. You know, Let's say I complain all the time and that's just me and that's what I do. You can't expect me to change. I'm not going to change. I don't expect myself to change. That's despairing ultimately. That's against the very virtue of hope. Um, Mm -hmm. So how do you, if you can get past that and say, no, change is always possible and you start working on it, how do you measure progress and do you need to measure progress in order to grow and encourage yourself in that growth? Yes, Uh, I have a friend who used to work for the postal system, the United States postal system. (laughs) And she had a great saying that she shared with me. What you don't uh, inspect, you don't expect. And what that means is you have to measure, you have to inspect, and you have to expect. You must have measurements. Now, there's a great little um, help I love the Ignatian daily examine, but there's something uh, that St. Ignatius also talks about besides the general daily examine. There is something called the particular examine. Now, this is where we take a particular fault. Let's say griping. (laughs) Since since we're kind of on this roll, uh, let's say I gripe. 
I kvetch. I just really complain all the time about everything. I've got a really kind of down de- demeanor. Um, I'm always finding the negative in life instead of maybe the positive. With a particular examine, St. Ignatius encourages us to keep a little tally, a little pen and paper tally, making the little uh, hash marks, you know, uh, the little tally, one, two, three, four, and then slash through for five as a way to count. And we do an examine at lunch and then at bedtime, only about this particular fault. This way, we are focusing on this fault like a laser beam. Sometimes people take a shotgun approach, and that's just too general. If we have a fault that is making our lives miserable, or those around us that's making their lives miserable, and people are constantly saying, you just complain all the time. If we're really wanting to work on that, we must be focused like a laser beam. And doing the Ignatian particular examine on a daily basis, that means only examining how I'm doing, dealing with that fault, and you check it twice a day, lunch, and then at bedtime, and you do that for 30 days, and then you should be able to look at your tally marks because you keep them in a journal, And hopefully, your tally is decreasing over 30 days. Then you get to decide at the end of 30 days, do I want to continue the next 30 days focusing on this fault? Do I feel I've made enough progress? Or have I not made any progress and I still need to focus on this particular fault and eradicating it or eliminating it for another 30 days? So the particular examine is a great way to get a handle on a particular fault. Sister Tina, this is fantastic. Why doesn't anyone teach us this? Like when we're little kids uh, going through catechism school, like there's so many uh, bad habits and then outright just sinful habits that we have that we are not making progress in. And you so clearly mapped out the Ignatian way of uh, daily examination of conscience, but more particularly the particular examine. I mean, what you just said means, okay, we can work every single month on a different ver- on a different fault, as you said, and then at the end of that month, do I stay with this or or mm-hmm. move on to a new one? We should Correct. know, boy, what those faults are that we can start picking away at through mm-hmm. the grace of God and really be changed. And I really like it because it's more focused instead of just a general shotgun approach of, well, I've got a lot of faults and God help me with all my faults. It's like, okay, let's start taking them one at a time and dealing with them very specifically shining a spotlight on it, acting like a laser beam to really ask the Holy Spirit to help me eliminate, eradicate, or at least decrease the frequency of this of my falling into this fault all the time. You know, I think the only thing that would get in the way here is our laziness. Like, here's the roadmap. Here's the plan. This is what will make the change. You know it now. And I almost feel like there's a level of culpability if we don't do the Sister Tina way of turning to that Ignatian particular examine. So if you're joining me now... Well, that, could sis- be, that could be something you do a particular examine about. <laughs> My laziness. There you go. Uh, that's what we struggle with in the 21st century. That's Sister Tina Alfieri. If you're just joining us today on Trending, some of my favorite shows are with Sister Tina because she's so candid. It's a real good, just a punch in 
the gut to make a transformation in our life. Uh, she's a hermit, a hermit and nun, a therapist, and an addiction specialist. So if you have a question, you want to make some changes in your life, number is 1-888-914-9149. Also ask your question now on social media. Just follow me at Timmery. That's T-I-M-M. E-R-I-E. Okay, so you've given us this examination. Like, this is the key, Sister Tina, that we need in our lives. A lot of people say, oh, this is the key I need of what I need in my spiritual life. No, this is what we need in our whole life. Spiritual life, um, friendships, family life, all of these different parts of our life, our marriages, this all comes into one. And this is what will make a difference in all of those relationships for us to be the Christians that we are called to, and we know that we are called to Christian perfection. Even Jesus Christ himself in Matthew chapter 5 said, be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. And it's through holiness in God, by the grace of God and his fruitful abundance working in our lives, that we can come into a cooperation with him and his grace to grow as he wants us to. And God does want us to grow in holiness and in perfection. And he's here to help us to do that. We're not trying to do this on our own. We could never do it on our own. (laughs) Thanks be to God. We have the advocate, the Holy Spirit to help us. And we have the saints and the angels uh, to pray for us. Uh, and we can ask them for their intercession. I think that's also something else. If we have a particular fault that we know one of the saints also struggled with, it's excellent to get that patron saint, make them a patron saint of yours for the next 30 days and ask for their prayers as well. Help me to overcome this fault. Dear Saint, whoever, I know you struggled with this same fault and I'm struggling with it too. Please pray for me. This is why we need to know those stories of the saints Mm -hmm. and allow them to inspire us. I was talking last week during our weekly marriage hour about how important icons are in our home, but also Mm -hmm. for our marriages. Because when I Mm -hmm. see that crucifix, what does it inspire in my marriage? When I see or think of that particular saint and I know that saint's story, how does that inspire me to be better? I Mm -hmm. I think this is such an important uh, reminder of why we have those icons in our home. And I know, Sister Tina, they have been transformative for me, especially as a mother now, having all these icons of Our Lady in every room, I need Mm. that reminder. And that's what, you know, that's, uh, you're finding something that's helping you to elevate the natural to the supernatural. When you look upon that icon, uh, you're reminded that, yes, I'm a mother. However, I have a supernatural vocation also as mother and wife. And even though sometimes these things can get very draining and exhausting, I'm human, but now I ask God to help me to elevate these human frailties into the supernatural realm through his grace, through the prayers of saints, to help me to conquer and overcome myself. Fantastic. Okay, we have tons of questions coming in for you, Sister Tina. If you're just mm-hmm. joining us, that's Sister Tina Alfieri. She is a hermit and nun, a therapist, an addiction specialist, a brilliant mind, 
faith-filled sister, giving us candid, faithful advice to make the changes we want to make in our lives. But maybe you're too lazy to or don't know how to make that happen. I mean, we just hit a gold here with what you were telling us about the Ignatian particular exam where we examine multiple times a day for 30 days. Mm -hmm. So if you miss this conversation, be sure to download the podcast. But we're coming back with Sister Teen in just a moment. We're taking your questions, numbers 1-888-914- 9149. Looking forward to hearing from you and unpacking how we can grow and grow together. And maybe you don't think you should ask your question, but your question might just be what someone else is wanting to ask and can't ask right now. So send us your questions, 888-914-9149 or on social media. Just follow me at Timmery, T-I-M-M-E-R-I-E. You're listening to Trending with Timory, where you can discuss what matters most to you. Join the conversation, 888-914-9149. It's Monday, and that means it's our weekly happy hour today on Trending. Let's make the change we would like to make in our lives. And what better person to do that with than with the advice, the free advice, from Herman and Nunn therapist, addiction specialist, Sister Tina Alfieri, joining me today on Trending. Your questions are coming in, so if you want your question heard, you better uh, really write in to us or give us a call now so that we can get that question on her docket. The number is 1-888-914-9149. You can ask on social media. Just follow me at Timmery, T-I-M-M-E-R-I-E, to ask that question on the post we put up. Okay. Oh, my goodness. So many questions. Okay. Let's start with Mary. Mary's on the line. Mary in Florida. Welcome to Trending. What's your question for Sister Tina? Thanks so much for taking my call. I really need help. Um, I'm taking uh, a master's um, in pastoral studies after 20-something years. So besides that, my my English is my second language. So I'm struggling in in concentration and organization. Uh, organize my my thoughts and every time I sit down to study and I get distracted with something else if, if it's my phone I put it away and then it's something else and I'm turn out that I'm, I'm not taking my time to study as I should and when I do I'm overwhelmed so uh, it's kind of cycle I, I, and I would love to hear um, any mm. suggestions. So it sounds like you're looking for advice to continue to concentrate as you work through your master's program. Sister Tina what advice do you have? Oh, yes. So this is very, very common, actually. And what I would suggest is that uh, to be very gentle with yourself, not everyone studies the same way. Uh, I'm here in Gainesville, Florida. We're the home of the University of Florida. I encounter many students, either uh, undergrads, graduates, and even doctoral students and this is a very common occurrence. Just be gentle with yourself. If you can only focus for 15 or 20 minutes, focus for 15 or 20 minutes, put the work down, go make yourself a cup of tea, cup of coffee for 15 minutes, come back to the work, do another 15 or 20 minutes. We don't have to sit for four hours straight and plow through our studies. Um, most people have a very hard time doing that and paying attention, attending to that alone for that amount of time. So I'd like to use a little bit of incentive and reward, such as I'll study for half an hour, then I give myself a 10-minute break, 
then I study for a half an hour, then I give myself a 10 minute break. Maybe I'll do a load of laundry in those 10 minutes, I'll fold the clothes, or I'll stack the dishes in the dishwasher during those 10 minutes. I'll do something that is totally unrelated to my studies. And it gives me a little break. It's a positive reward. I get a clean house. I get some chores and some tasks done. And I don't feel like I've got to grind on for three or four hours straight without a break, just trying to comprehend what I'm reading or studying. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic, Sister Tina. It reminds me of the Pomodoro technique where you know mm-hmm. you kind of adjust it to what you need, but you spend 30 minutes on, three minutes off is what mm-hmm. I did in college. And it was very helpful because maybe those three minutes, I was a little more aware of, okay, I only have three minutes. I have to go to the bathroom and I'm just going to run in place for a minute. <laughs> or um, I'm just going to go and get a quick bite to eat. Or I'm going to just close my eyes and lay on the floor. You kind of know what you need when you have those short breaks. And you know what you need to do to kind of revive yourself. Uh, But also phones, I would just lock my phone in a drawer when I was working on my master's. Locked Mm -hmm, in a drawer, mm -hmm. left it there. I actually turned it off. That way I didn't hear a buzzing. And if I went to check it, it was off. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay, more questions coming in. That's fantastic, Sister Tina. Let's see. I'd like to go on Facebook. Molly just asked me, as a struggling wife of someone with moderately severe gaming addiction, Five to 10 Mm. hours a day, what can I do to help him and our family? Oh, my goodness. Well, I hope that the spouse uh, is taking some responsibility himself uh, for getting help. I hope that he is going uh, to see a therapist or is participating in a 12-step program of recovery, uh, such as something like AA or NA. There are internet gaming 12-step programs out there and available. As far as being the wife married to someone with this addiction, it is very difficult. It's the same as being married to an alcoholic. They're the person who's struggling with the addiction. They may have days where they're doing better. They may have days where they are doing worse. I think what's very important for the non-addicted spouse to know is that the addiction does not have anything to do with you. It's not a reflection on you. It's not a reflection on your spouse's love for you either. Um, Unfortunately, many non-addicted spouses think if my spouse really loved me, they would stop this behavior, whether it's gambling gaming, drinking, whatever. Once a person has crossed the invisible line from maybe bad habit into addiction, that's the definition of addiction is you can't stop on your own without repeated interventions that are very directed at resolving the problem. So that's why I'm saying it's a combination of the addict taking responsibility for getting help for themselves, as well as the non-addicted spouse understanding they didn't cause it, they can't cure it. And there are lots of great uh, 12-step fellowships for spouses, families, and friends of addicts and alcoholics. One of the best known, it's the first and the best known is Al-Anon. Al-Anon is for family members and friends of addicts and alcoholics. Now, 
I know that it might seem strange to go to an Al-Anon meeting because you're saying your husband is addicted to gaming, but what we have to remember is all addictions work the same. There's no difference. Fantastic. When it doesn't, yeah. 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 So it's just like saying, I like ice cream. Oh, really? What flavor of ice cream? Well, some people like pistachio. Some people like Rocky Road. Some people like vanilla. With addictions, it's the same thing. Some mm -hmm. addictions, some people prefer gaming, some prefer gambling, some prefer pornography, some prefer drinking or cocaine. So it's an addiction and they all work the same. And so once you kind of understand that, I really encourage folks, drop in, if you are an addict of any kind, drop into an AA meeting, a Narcotics Anonymous meeting. Those are the two oldest 12-step fellowships out there. And then for family, friends, spouses, go to an Al-Anon meeting. And every time you hear the word alcohol being mentioned, just substitute and insert internet gaming or substitute and insert overeating or binge drinking or whatever it is that happens to be the particular flavor mm -hmm. of the person you love and that you are trying to understand what their addiction is about. Okay, Sister Tina, I have a legitimate advice, and this is some coming from someone who doesn't know this struggle and if this would even be helpful. But as a wife, like I'm hearing Molly's question about her husband who has a gaming addiction five to 10 hours a day, what can I do to help him? Someone who's not been in that position, part of me thinks, well, what if you say, if you continue to do this on Friday, I'm throwing them in the trash and they're gone. Is that something that is like helpful? Is that something that, you know, it's a, if, if this, then that, uh, would that even be something you could do? <laughs> well, I think the first thing to do, it is okay to give, uh, kind of bottom lines as a spouse, as a non-addicted spouse, it's okay to tell the addicted spouse, look, you've got a problem whether you realize it or not. And my bottom line is you go to a professional. We go to a professional together so that they get both sides of the story. That's a really good way to have a bottom line or a bottom line can be, you start going to AA meetings. You start going to online internet gaming 12-step programs. But not doing nothing is not going to be part of the solution. Mm, You're going to have to start doing something. That reminds me of Terry Crews. If, for anyone who knows the mm -hmm. comedian Terry Crews, mm -hmm. he fessed up at a certain point to his wife about having a very bad pornography addiction mm -hmm. uh, tied to infidelity, all of this. He comes clean with his wife and she's like, you're out of here. Like, nope, mm. not for me. Here's the beautiful news and all of that. Some people might think she was harsh. She was cruel. They have a very, very close marriage relationship. Mm -hmm. They were able to heal because she had a bottom line. And I think that's what's so hard is I think a lot of spouses, especially the wife is not willing to toe the line on that bottom line. What's well, there's your feedback also, there? There's, yeah, there's lots of reasons for that sometimes, though. And sometimes the biggest one is economic, right? If we mm -hmm. separate, I have no money of my own if I'm yeah. a wife. So it could be economic. It could be concern for the children. Uh, let's say that if we get divorced... Uh, I give a bottom line. He walks out. He says, forget you. 
but then you know that he has to uh, share custody of with the children with you. And let's say he's an alcoholic, then it's like, okay, he gets the children for a week and on the weekends, and I know he's drinking, and mm-hmm. now he's got the kids over in a separate household. Who knows what's going on over there? Right. Right. Yeah. So there's lots of nuances. It's not as easy as kind of one size fits all. There are many reasons. I think the biggest place to start, the most helpful, is to get a professional therapist or just start going to some 12-step meetings and see if it fits. Try, I always say try it on, see if it fits. That's Sister Tina Alfieri, advice from a hermit, a therapist, and addiction specialist. That's Sister Tina Alfieri here on Training with Tim Ray during our weekly happy hour, making the changes we want to make in our life. Give us a call. Ask your question on social media, 888-914-9149. Follow me at Tim Ray, T-I-M-M-E-R-I-E. Okay, Cecilia King asked on Instagram, what are different ways to distract myself to overcome temptation? (laughs) All right, so temptation the only so we don't distract what we do is we develop the virtues so whatever the you're being tempted by you do the opposite right so we have vices in the catholic realm we understand we have vices we also have virtues so the way that we distract ourselves it's not distracting it's we're trying to grow the virtue that is needed. If I am constantly uh, being tempted to, uh, let's say, look at pornography, well, you know, that's a vice, Uh, the lusting, and then the opposite of the lust is going to be chastity, humility. So I need to grow in those areas. And how do I do that? Again, you exercise that Ignatian particular examine that we discussed at the top of the radio show. That's one way to get a handle on a particular fault. And you um, do that. You do the particular examine. You get spiritual direction with a good spiritual director who can help you to uh, focus on growing in the virtues. But again, the, the biggest thing I can say is it does take effort and work and a lot of work and a lot of effort, usually over a long amount of time. We are so fallen. Oh, without the grace of God, we are helpless, absolutely helpless. I love St. Therese of Lisieux, where she said she envisioned herself as just a helpless little bird in the nest. What am I supposed to do, God? She would say, I'm helpless without you. And that's where we are. So we depend on God, but it's not just depending on God. We depend on spiritual directors. We can depend on therapists. We can depend on uh, good family and friends that have a very good handle on living a virtuous life. We can ask them, how did you do this? And we learn from them and we put it into practice. So we're not here alone. God did not leave us orphans. We have lots of helps that will help us to grow. But the biggest thing, again, as I did mention earlier, do not give in to despair. I don't care how many times you fall, get back up. The devil wants us to not get back up. The evil one wants us to be in despair and stop trying. We, there, if we fall, we acknowledge it, 
and we get back up and we keep on going. So let's give an example. Maybe I know I need to grow in the virtue of humility. And at the heart of the sins and the bad habits I have, humility is what I need. What can I concretely do apart from the particular examination at noon and night and making those tally marks when there are offenses against humility uh, that I need to work on? What else could I do to specifically focus in on that virtue? Again, uh, ask your saints, uh, particular saints, of course, the Blessed Virgin Mary. uh, Ask for her intercession. There is also the litany of trust. The litany of trust. There's the litany of humility. We can. It takes maybe two to three minutes to pray these prayers. Again, this can be part of your daily, um, your twice daily particular examination of these faults. Add in a little prayer. You have to focus in like a laser beam. It has to be a focused work to eradicate these faults. These faults have deep, deep, deep roots. It's going to take time and it's going to take effort and it's going to take work, usually with a spiritual director. If you find on your own, uh, despite maybe your best efforts, you're not making progress after six months or a year, you may wish to have go and get a spiritual director to assist you. Mm, Or mm -hmm. possibly a good Catholic therapist who might be able to assist you. But, you know, there's some things, again, uh, in our nature, in our being, that we need outside help. We need someone who's looking outside that can spot it and identify Mm -hmm. it for us and say, oh, this is where you're kind of stumbling. We might think it's humility or not having enough of the virtue of humility, Maybe it's actually something else. Mm. How do you find a good Catholic therapist? Catholictherapist.com is a great place to go. We'll post a link in the episode notes and social media. By the way, all the resources we mentioned are always in the episode notes, relevantradio.com forward slash trending. I know, Sister Tina, you mentioned Al-Anon for the loved ones of people who are struggling with addiction. So we'll include a link to that. Barbara, by the way, called in. You were talking about the 12-step program. She said she's been in a 12-step program for 20 years. She said it's the best thing to get into if that is something you're dealing with in terms of an addiction. Uh, So Sister Tina Alfieri is here on Trending. We're going to continue to take your questions. The number is 1-888-914-9149. Advice during our weekly happy hour from a hermit, therapist, and addiction specialist. That's Sister Tina Alfieri. We'll be right back. Listening to Trending with Timory, where you can discuss what matters most to you. Join the conversation, 888-914-9149. Welcome to our weekly happy hour. If you've never been here, we talk about what's getting in the way of happiness and how we can find not just happiness, that momentary fleeting emotion, but true joy, which is rooted in Christ and the grace of Christ working within us. And it's fascinating because actually the Greek word for uh for joy in the Greek word for grace 
are very, very similar. Uh, so how do we live a joy-filled life? We live a grace-filled life. That's why in order to do that, we're talking to a nun, not just any nun. She's a hermit, she's a therapist, and she's an addiction specialist. Here to take your questions, 888-914-9149, or you can ask it now on social media at Timmery, T-I-M-M-E-R-I-E. Oh boy. Okay. So many questions coming in. This is an interesting one. Uh, okay. So Teresa and Covina called. She said, I'm ADHD and I'm really torn on how to try to get my physical house in order but also trying to work on a religious project as well. So the question is, how do I get my house in order when there are distractions or things that I do need to work on? I think that's at the heart of it. <laughs> okay, I will do my best. ADHD is not something that I'm an expert on or is in uh, my particular area of specialization. But again, I think just trying your best and if there is um, a way that uh, she has found that works for her, such as, you know, do 10 minutes here, 30 minutes there, uh, sometimes we have to cobble together um, projects in five-minute chunks. Uh, you know, I had a client one time tell me the best joke ever, how do you eat an elephant? one bite at a time. So if mm -hmm. we have something to do that is overwhelming, if we can break it down sometimes into just five or 10 minute chunks, what seems impossible becomes very possible and very doable. I'm not sure if that's going to speak to this situation with ADHD. Um, if she is an adult, and there are many adults who were never diagnosed uh, with ADHD as children, she may wish to try to go and get an adult diagnosis and medications may be helpful. There are lots of non-narcotic, non-amphetamine-based um, ADHD medications out there now. We have a lot more medications to help with concentration than we did back in the 70s and 80s. And so many adults who went through grade school back in the 50s or 60s, maybe even the 70s, may have had ADD or ADHD and never got a proper diagnosis. Well, as adults, now you can. And, you know, we don't outgrow ADHD. We can learn coping and ways to cope with it. But one of the most helpful things if someone has moderate to severe ADHD is having a medication to help with the concentration and attention, with the executive functioning of the brain to be able to attend and concentrate in longer chunks of time. And I'll throw a couple things in there because I worked a lot with some of the research behind ADHD and dove into a lot of um, the books on it in particular. And I know, you know, diet is one thing that can impact a lot of people. So things such as sugar can further impact and create more of a challenge with regard to focus. Um, but with regard to ADHD, a lot of the research I've seen has directed on just what you're saying, Sister Tina, take it to one task at a time, be concrete, 
Use that time-blocked calendar where you block out Mm -hmm. your day of what you're working on. And then use that Pomodoro technique that you and I were talking about earlier, Sister Tina, where, you know, okay, you know you can focus for 30 minutes, set that 30-minute timer, and at the end of the 30 minutes, you get your three-minute break or whatever it is Mm -hmm. that you need within reason. But have written in front of you what that specific task is so that if that timer goes off and you lost track of what you were working on, you come back to it and go, okay, I'm resetting my goal. I'm standing up. I'm stretching. Let's get back into it. You're creating your own accountability mm-hmm. with that one Very task, good. with that to-do list, with the time-blocked calendar. And again, you know, when you have sometimes medical challenges, I've learned this the hard way with a lot of what I've struggled with, with Hashimoto's disease, polycystic ovarian syndrome, and food allergies. Like, if you have something going against you, the amount of self-control necessary to take back your life with regard to food and how you eat mm-hmm. is what is necessary to live the life that you're called to live with virtue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay, more questions coming in, Sister Tina. Oh, boy. Okay, so let's see. We have a question coming in. Interesting topic. Coming back to the whole growing in virtue, um, this one is a question on how do I concretely grow in the virtue of self-control? Well, uh, self-control. I'm not sure what that means. I'm not sure what the virtue of self-control, I don't know if we're talking about chastity or if we're talking about gluttony. Uh, so that's a, that's kind of vague. Uh, but I think, uh, again, starting with the particular examine is the best way. Identify what is causing you the most difficulty, the most pain in your life or pain in the life of people around you. Uh, your loved ones oftentimes will be very honest with you and say, you know, uh, your ability to not yell at the children is really a lack of self-control that I just can't, it's very difficult for me and for the children. You've got to get some self-control over the anger. So again, self-controls, that's a big category. It could be anything, but the way to begin is to be very honest with oneself, with God, maybe start by going to confession, and then starting with this particular examine and start taking a note, you know, twice a day, you do the particular examine, how, get a good baseline, how often am I falling into this sin? That's going to help you understand how much work you've got ahead of you. If at the end of a week, I have fallen into this particular sin 10 times in the past week, uh, well, you know, that's about once a day, maybe a little more than once a day in a seven-day span. Or is it I'm falling into this particular fault 20 times every day? That's a different story. So it's good to get a baseline And then, of course, again, ask for God's grace. He will give us his grace. He's not testing us. (laughs) He wants us to become holy. He wants us to um, be working towards uh, gaining uh, control and mastery over ourselves. It's not something that's going to happen quickly. 
we do have to have patience, but we have to keep working. I love the 12-step adage from Alcoholics Anonymous, progress, not perfection. That's mm. what we're going for. This is a long haul. We're looking for progress, not perfection. I know that scripture says, be holy as I am holy. Sometimes the translation is be perfect as your father in heaven and perfect is perfect. We know literally that nobody's perfect here on earth. We will not be perfect until hopefully we get to heaven. But what we do know is we are responsible for trying to improve every single day. So progress, not perfection. I like the Nike philosophy, just do it. Don't think about it. You have to actually do it. Mm. Yeah, that's. I think that's a really important, that idea of like, okay, here I am. I'm going to make the change. Let's do it. And kind of some ideas on that particular question. Someone's asking how to grow and specifically that, that virtue of self-control. Um, if we talk about it more generally than particularly, like you were talking about, Sister Tina, just kind of things that come to mind um, when I need to kind of take back things in my life, right, and have that 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 power to do what I want to do and not just give in. It might be, you know, okay, I'm struggling. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make sure I get up when my alarm goes off. And if I hit snooze or fall back asleep, there's a consequence. And you implement that consequence. Or maybe I need to learn. So I need to moderate my food. So I eat from a smaller plate. And these things in smaller ways of practicing self-control can help to contribute in those other areas where you need self-control. You're listening to Trending with Timory. That's been Sister Tina Alfieri here on Trending. We'll post links to all the resources we mentioned today on the show. Up next is the Family Rosary Across America with Father Rocky. This is Timory from Trending with Timory. Let's talk about the cancel culture. Someone who was canceled almost 10 years ago now is a feminist and she was canceled by the secular culture for revealing the abundant psychological data that says moms matter and they need to be present in the home for the upbringing of their children. Well, Erica Comazar is a psychoanalyst. She'll join me Tuesday to discuss and also about the role of dads. What can they do? Join me daily 6 p.m. Central on Relevant Radio or the Relevant Radio app.